Thanks for tuning in to Witch Wednesdays with Steph for a chat about a new witchcraft topic every Wednesday morning. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and you are listening to episode 83, Lamas. And of course, Lamas is the next holiday coming up on our Wheel of the Year. And last year, we had an episode that has all of the correspondences and ways to celebrate. So if you are interested in that information, definitely check that out. And for this year, for all of the Sabbaths, I'm talking a little more about the history and traditions. So you have a little bit of background of the origins of all these different holidays. So Lamas, also called Lunasa, is celebrated on August 1st in the Northern Hemisphere and February 1st in the Southern Hemisphere. And this marks the midway point between the summer solstice, which is Letha, and the autumnal equinox, which is Mabon, coming up in September. So Lamas is right in the middle there. It is one of the four fire festivals in Celtic tradition, the other ones being Imbolc, Beltane, and Samhain. So in Wiccan traditions, this makes it one of the greater Sabbaths. There's four greater and four lesser. It doesn't really mean that any of the greater ones are more important than any of the lesser ones. It's all, you know, what speaks to you, but that's just what they are called in the Wiccan tradition. And this holiday in particular celebrates the grain harvest. So everything is surrounding this first crop that's ready, which is grain. At this midway point, we're away from the peak of summer. So a lot of the earth is dry and things are ending their life cycle, but we still don't have the bright reds and yellows of the traditional harvest season. But of course, that's right around the corner. So we're at the point where apples are starting to ripen, a few summer vegetables are being picked, corn is tall and green. Uh, We've talked about before that uh, Tara is from Iowa and we went to the University of Iowa. Um, So we know all about um, this uh, corn season. Uh, You know, so that is, they're still growing, waiting to be uh, gathered. But the very first one is the, of the harvest season is greens, wheats, and oats, that sort of category. Grain is a very important crop for most civilizations because if the grain was left in the fields for too long, or if the bread from that grain was not made in time, then families might starve over the winter. Obviously, in today's society, that's not the case. We can get bread year-round and other things made with grains and oats um, year-round at our grocery store. But as you know, these Sabbaths and holidays are based on ancient traditions and what uh, life was like back then. So by celebrating Lamas as a holiday, we are honoring these ancestors and all of the hard work that they had to do just to survive. And because of this, this holiday is associated with giving thanks for the abundance that we have in our lives now and being grateful for food on the table. Lamas in general is a time of transformation, rebirth, and new beginnings. On the Celtic origin side of things, in early Ireland, it was not good to harvest the grain before this date. Because if you did harvest before then, it meant that the harvest from the previous year ran out too soon. 
meaning that the farmers failed in providing enough food for their community. So it was ideal to be able to wait till this day because then you knew that what you had done the previous year had worked and you had the abundance and could make it to this August 1st date. So then on Lamas, the first sheaves of grain were cut and by that same night, the very first loaves of bread for the season would have been baked. And the word Lamas comes from an old English phrase that translates to loaf mass. You can see how that sort of came in, into Lamas. In early Christianity, the first loaves of the season were blessed by the church during Mass, so loaf mass. And over the years, that turned into Lamas. You can see how that's very close. Although we recognize this as this Celtic festival in origin, celebrating grain has been important since the beginning of time. There are these sort of celebrations at this time across many different cultures. Um, and grain has always been associated with this cycle of death and rebirth, and you can see that in many different cultures. Uh, for example, the Sumerian god Tammuz was slain, and his lover Ishtar grieved so heavily that nature stopped producing. As Ishtar mourned Tammuz and followed him into the underworld to bring him back, uh, you can see that same story as um, Demeter and Persephone, uh, that is Roman and Greek, respectively. And in Greek legend, the grain god was Adonis, and the two goddesses, Aphrodite and Persephone, battled for his love, and to end the fighting, Zeus ordered Adonis to spend six months with Persephone in the underworld and the rest with Aphrodite. So that's sort of how those seasons come across and that grain season there when it's sort of in this rebirth and death cycle. Um, ancient cultures used to associate that with their gods and goddesses um, and their life cycle as sort of now Adonis is going down into the underworld to be with Persephone and then comes back up in the spring to regrow and restart that cycle all over again. And as I said, this is also called Lunasa. Because in some traditions, this day honors the Celtic god Lu, L-U-G-H. And this is the celebration of the god referred to as Lunasa, which is spelled a few different ways, but um, generally L-U-G-H-N-A-S-A-D. Sometimes there's an H at the end. And Lu is the god of craftsmanship. He's skilled in many things, but uh, blacksmithing, wheel making, and fighting. And there's a, some discrepancy on as to why Lu is honored in on this day. Um, some say that this is the date of his wedding feat, and others say that a he it was when he held a harvest in honor of his foster mother. I think it's pronounced Taltu, but I'm not sure um, on this date. But either way, um, he is still celebrated as this Celtic craftsman god in many Wiccan traditions and a few modern pagan traditions um, across the world. Uh, especially if you are in the European region, uh, the, his name has influenced a few towns in the European region, so they hold tightly to celebrating that god on this day. And to go a little bit more into the Wiccan tradition, it mostly follows the Celtic beliefs, but 
Wiccan mythology specifically also holds that the god's power begins to wane at this time as the days grow shorter and the crops are ready to be cut down. And in some traditions, the sun god actually infuses the grain with his power and so is sacrificed, in a sense, when that grain is harvested. And then, of course, that grain is used to bake the first bread from that year's crop. Lastly, I just want to talk about some of the uh, ways that you can celebrate and symbols of the season that are a little bit different than what we talked about last year. So first of all is baking bread. Modern day pagans still bake breads and cakes to celebrate this day. Uh, A lot of us are really separate from that grain harvest cycle nowadays. So to bring that back in, one way we can do that is baking breads and of course cake because who doesn't like cake? And a lot of modern pagans choose to celebrate this way, especially if you are in the broom closet, baking a cake or a bread um, is something that many people do regardless of their religion or their practices. So it doesn't on the surface appear to be anything witchcraft related, but just a nice way to spend some time in the kitchen. But you will know that you are celebrating this harvest ritual. Another very popular way to recognize this time of year uh, is to set up an altar especially to change with the seasons that's not personally something I do but I know that it's really popular especially for recognizing these specific sabbaths that you um, don't feel as connected with I know a lot of people really love Samhain and Yule and it's easy to connect to those because they are so similar to Halloween and Christmas and what the rest of the world is doing that it's just easier to connect with those and decorate your house and your altar in that way. But a lot of witches like to decorate from um, Sabbath to Sabbath. So there are a lot of different ways if you want to make a sort of Lamas altar to decorate with that. So some of the symbols and things that you could use would definitely be sickles and scythes if you have no idea what those are. Um, it's like a curved kind of hook. If you think like Grim Reaper, um, that's what's used to cut down grains. I mean, obviously not anymore. We have giant trucks that <laughs> do the farm equipment um, that does those things. But when they used to do it by hand, those were the tools that were used. Apples, you could use dried grains like wheat or bowls of oats. Early fall vegetables, squashes and pumpkins are out. I know people tend to wait until September, October to start doing their pumpkins, but you can, they're already out. So if you wanted to start bringing those in, you definitely could. And any other crops that might be harvested at this time. You can also decorate using corn or corn husks, especially making into um, corn dollies. We talked about those last year. And of course, the most popular way for witches to celebrate everything is by feasting. Uh, so this is a nice time to bake things, get in the kitchen, maybe make a drink or something like that. If you need ideas, that's always over on uh, Patreon for every Sabbath. I do a recipe and a drink and an extra ritual that are different from what's in the uh, Sabbath box. So if you want to go check those out, those are available. Um, first of the month is the best time to join because that's when you get charged. It's on the first of the month every month. So if you're interested, that's always a uh, linked in the show notes and over on Instagram. So if you do want to have a feast, it is a good way to get together with other witches, but if you don't have anyone in your life or if you're in the broom closet and still want to celebrate in this way, uh, it's just a nice 
idea to gather crops, especially if you grow anything in your own garden and prepare, prepare a sort of feast and just, you know, thank the universe for the abundance that you have. And it does not, for the rest of your group, doesn't have to be related to witchcraft, but you will know that it is. So it's a good way to um, still celebrate because everybody enjoys food and enjoys when you invite them over to have some sort of feast like that. And other than feasting, uh, because this holiday is associated with Lou, who had all of those skills that we talked about, Lunasa is also a time to celebrate talents and craftsmanship. So if you've noticed around you, it is a traditional time of year for craft festivals, um, for artisans to be out there selling things. And um, it is where uh, Renaissance fairs stemmed from. So if you notice around you that um, Renaissance fairs are popping up or have started to pop up, this is kind of the time of year when they uh, start to appear. There's one near me up in Wisconsin, uh, right on the border of Illinois and Wisconsin, the Bristol Renaissance Fair. And that starts, I think, sometime in July and then runs through September. Uh, so it sort of covers this season and it's always decorated in like bright ribbons and fall colors. That's always how it's looked. I mean, I assume it's still that way because it's been quite a few years since they've been there. I my mom took me when I was little, but otherwise just I just drive past it. Um, we talked about Renaissance fairs last year, though, because Tara is a huge Renaissance fair person. Uh, hopefully, she'll if you follow her over on Instagram, she'll have something uh, this year because she has like the full like dresses and costumes to wear to fairs like that. So she loves those things. But that is why they are popular this time of year to uh, show off the craftsmanship and talents that are associated with the god Lou. And in some traditions, Lou is also known as the patron of bards and magicians, which are also very common at Renaissance fairs. But that means that it's also a great time to work on your own talents, definitely learning something new or getting better at an old talent. And this is a lot on the creative side of things. So putting on a play, writing a story or a poem, musical instruments, singing, all of those things like that. But it really can be whatever talent you choose to work on. This is just a good season for rebirth and renewal. So August 1st tends to be a good day to share that new skill and or start working on an old one that you want to improve. And that is everything that I have for you this week on Lamas. Hopefully you learned something new and enjoyed that. If you want to chat more about Lamas, definitely head over to Patreon or to the Discord community that is linked on Instagram and it's free to join. Lots of witches from all over the world. There are various stages of practice um, who celebrate in all sorts of different ways. So if you want to chat about ideas of what you're going to do or uh, what anyone else is going to do to sort of see how you can celebrate some different ways um, than what I mentioned on here, then definitely head over there to talk to a whole group of kind people. And I will see you next week. I know this one was little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, that's because last week was long. That was an hour long chat with Becca. Hopefully you enjoyed. And uh, next week is going to be a relatively long one too, talking about zodiac signs and that sort of side of astrology and using that in your witchcraft practice. And that's just a lot to go through. There's a lot of zodiac signs. So I will see you next week for that chat. 
See you then. Need even more witchcraft? Subscribe to Patreon for exclusive bonus content three times a week and order Sabbath boxes and other supplies at witchwednesdays.com. Be sure to follow on Instagram at witchwednesdays podcast.